Welcome to this week 14 edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points, where we shall review the regional finals and preview the state semifinal matchups this coming week. I am Bruce Monin, your host, recording from the home studio in Minster, Ohio, and once again checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the undefeated 4-0 Cincinnati basketball team, we have our co-host, <laughs> Executive producer and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. Happy to be here. Oh, I noticed that switch out of the beginning. We're a basketball town now. <laughs> well, we better be. I just saw a tweet that one of our tight ends just hit the transfer portal already, and the season's not I, even over. <laughs> I don't blame him. I do not blame him. This week, I had a little difficulty convincing a knowledgeable football person to come on the show with us, <laughs> mainly because I don't know that many, to be We've quite honest. We've run through quite a lot of them already. Yes, we We're have. We're going to need to start repeating guests. But there was a family gathering this weekend, and people reminded us that, hey, it's our podcast. We can have on whoever the heck we want. So therefore, we have brought in a friend who was mentioned last week on the podcast, Napoleon's own Eric Weller. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. And you are at the bottom of the barrel if you're looking for football information from me. <laughs> well, what's a good football podcast if there's not a chance to uh, rebuke previous comments made by other guests? We won't get into that with Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I will mention that since you're going to be on, I did email last week's guest, Mr. Joel Miller, and asked him if he had any questions for you, Eric. Unfortunately, he took the high road, and we have none. So he actually wished you good luck. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because he, he knows that I actually have a real job. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, and he did not do donuts in my front yard. I was waiting for that, it. <laughs> that was my first question for you. I want to know how the front yard was looking. It's still there. I didn't see Joel. I was going to go out and jump in with him. Now I want to see how well he did it. <laughs> now, our tradition here is we ask our guests about their football history. We have a unique opportunity here, though, this time, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Very few high school athletes, at least in Ohio, get the opportunity to be on a water polo team. And we have a former water polo star here as a guest. So star. Eric, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> since I have no clue what that might be like, we tell us what it's like being a high school water polo player. Grueling. It is very grueling. Say you figure you swim three miles in a match going backwards and forward. I mean, you flip in different directions and the ball is not soft. It is, it is not soft at all. So yeah, it was, um, it was a very unique experience. I got talked into it by my cousin because he was on the water polo team and he was a senior and it's one of those, uh, rare sports where, well, whatever happens under the water stays under the water. If they don't call the penalty, it didn't happen. <laughs> that kind of sounds like some, uh, non-tournament cross-country meets that I know of, Rebecca. <laughs> if whatever happens in the woods beyond the referee stays is back there, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Jessica, my oldest daughter, was actually the epitome of that. She learned from one of the – when I played, there wasn't a boys and a girls division. There was – it was – Napoleon was co-ed. We – the girls swam with us in water polo. They didn't separate until later. And the one that – I played water polo with, taught my daughter the dirty stuff, and she really enjoyed it. <laughs> she played very well. <laughs> that also kind of reminds me, I had a high school classmate, was quarterback on the football team, never seemed all that happy about it. <laughs> and then one day they moved him out of the quarterback spot and put him on the offensive line instead. And he said he never enjoyed football so much. He said there's all kinds of clawing and biting and all kinds of stuff that gets done in the middle of that pile that no one sees. And he loved it. <laughs> yeah. And that water pole, you would, you'd think you'd be able to see it all. But there's a lot of stuff that happens under the water that you will, you can't tell it's going on. <laughs> but it was, it was a very fun experience. And uh, it was very grueling. Uh, as a freshman who came into it, not knowing anything about it, I could swim, but never done swim team, never done water polo. But boy, that next morning after that first practice, 
I couldn't get up out of bed because my body hurt that bad. <laughs> I was like, and I went back and did it again. So obviously <laughs> it's something that I liked. <laughs> what is, do you know what the status is of that now? Is that a full Ohio High School Athletic Association sport yet or not? I'm not sure. I am not, I'm not exactly sure. Oh, we have our first job for Rebecca today. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> How fast can her fingers move? <laughs> it looks like a no. Yeah, no, no water polo. I believe we heard something about that from Joel Miller about how gymnastics is on here. The winter about how sport. water polo is run as a championship by the coaches association and not by the state yet. So kind of like hmm. eight man football. So right. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's been around for a very long time, and there are some very big schools that play it. I mean, you know, when I was in it, it was Cincinnati Molder. That was that was our big school that we went up against in St. Francis. And, I mean, there's some big schools. I don't know why it's not. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Except that it's brutal. <laughs> Probably has to do with the number of teams involved yet. True. There is not an Ohio Water Polo Association. Oh, really? So not not quite not quite the state high school athletic association yet. You got a amount of campaign, Eric. I hear discrimination going on. Here. <laughs> I don't have everybody in it anymore. Mine are all out of school now. <laughs> state finals were hosted at Princeton High School down here in Cincinnati. Yeah, actually, I think that's where uh, most of Jessica's were too when she went down. Now that we've had our water polo interlude, I think it's time we get back to football. Last week, we'll have to do a summary on how we did last week. I have a feeling it wasn't very good. <laughs> well, we'll start with Northern 8 Commissioner Joel Miller, our guest, went 4-3 and three last week. That doesn't sound all that hot, but you know what? I went 4-3. and three. Rebecca <laughs> went 4-3. and three. The Fantastic 50 computer went 4-3. and three. The Cal Preps computer went 4-3. and three. That's remarkable. But if you snuck over to my, where I continue the Harbin computer points through the postseason, they went six and one. That's Oof. this week's champion. Who, who's the one that they didn't, they didn't get picked right? The one they get did not pick right is local favorite Salina, which nobody picked right. <laughs> gotcha. That'll show us. <laughs> Speaking of which, doing a quick recap here. We got off to a bad start, Rebecca. The computers all like Bishop Watterson. We all said Bell Fountain would upset them. They did not. They, they lost they did not. 19 to 13. <laughs> oh. I thought it was going to be a high scoring loss, but it was Watterson's defense that shut down Bell Fountain and their future Ohio State quarterback. I'm just remarkably impressed that I don't think a single one of us guessed the same combination of teams, and we're all four and three. Four and three. <laughs> yeah, it just happened that way. Our next game was a previously mentioned Salina upset of Hamilton Baden. None of us got that right. Not the computers, not the humans, none of us. After that, it got a little better. Liberty Center, we all picked it right except Rebecca, which is strange because part of a, ooh, where was that? We had a listener email from Napoleon, by the way, congratulating Rebecca on her picking prowess, prowess especially the way she picked Liberty Center over Coldwater. And I went back and looked and said, wait a second. She's the only one that picked Coldwater. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you charged sarcasm? another listener, Rebecca. They forgot. I'll, I'll, they take, I'll take the praise, I guess. <laughs> Someone had to pick Coldwater. Come on. Not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Our next game, we had. Columbus Grove beating Bluffton for the second time this year. You and I picked that, Rebecca. The computers mm -hmm. got it wrong. And then it got a little easier. We all had Versailles over Anna. We all had Marion Local over Ansonia. And oh, the tough one was Patrick Henry and Macomb. Rebecca and Joel got that one right. I went with the computers. We all went down in flames with Macomb. And we'll get more details on that game a little later here in the podcast. And before we move on to picking the new games here, I just wanted to highlight a few other somewhat interesting results from around the state. 
in Division One, Lakewood, St. Edward, and Cincinnati Moeller both crushed their opponents. We've all been figuring that was the eventual Division One state title game, and nothing has shown us it won't be so far. The exact same thing in Division Two: Archbishop Hoban and Massillon both roll onwards, waiting for that big final game matchup. In Division Four, Glenville, the defending champions, beat Sandusky Perkins 36-26, in which many people thought were the two best teams in Division Four. So it's possible that state championship game has already been played. Glenville <laughs> looks good to repeat as state champion, but they have two more games to survive. In Division Five, the two big favorites, Liberty Center and Perry, both big winners this week also. In Division Six, our old favorites from Kirtland, Rebecca, won their seventh consecutive regional title and their 12th regional crown in the last 13 years. They've got a bit of a, a, a dynasty going. Yeah, just a bit. Over you think? there in their corner. Yeah. And finally, in Division 7, I don't remember how many weeks ago I may have first mentioned it, but Marion Local and Dalton, both marching towards their inevitable state title game, it appears. Although, I don't think the people from Patrick Henry are willing to give in to that Marion Local win just yet. Yeah, there's and, a few people around here that think that that, that, that could change. <laughs> I don't know. I... Hmm. Probably because we haven't been tracking them, but I don't know anything about Dalton, and it would take a lot, a lot, a lot for them to upset Marion Local. Well, first Marion Local has to survive Patrick Henry, but that'll be the last mm -hmm. game we pick here, so mm -hmm. we will move on to the others first, because as is our other tradition, we always start with the bigger schools. I don't know why, but we do. It's because we have more to say about the smaller ones. <laughs> we gotta, we've got to keep right. people hanging on for the juicy details. And, there, and there's and there's so many teams down there. If we talked about them, we might be running over. We would burn Maybe ourselves out time. if we talked about yeah. them first. <laughs> yeah. So we're starting with Division Three, and since we have a team we follow, we will look at both state semifinal games. And the team we follow, of course, is Salina, twelve and two, the sixth seed in their region, and they won the regional championship. They take on the top seed, Columbus Bishop Watterson, who is 13-1. Bishop Watterson has 22% more computer points. We have no common opponents in this game. The computers both like Watterson, one by 11 points, one by 7 points. Kind of intriguing, though, looking over Watterson's schedule, I see a loss to 5-6 and six Columbus St. Francis de Sales. Of course, that's historically a pretty good football team. They also had a three-point win over four and six Padua Franciscan in week three. So I'm not getting the feeling they're an overwhelming dominant force here. Exactly. So that's a little good news for Salina. I think that's the team I said I didn't think would go far because they can walk to a Condado. <laughs> and I stand by that, but maybe the tacos are a reward for winning. <laughs> well this is actually our third playoff game in a row well not in a row this is actually our third playoff game where salina comes in as the underdog they've mm. proven the odds wrong twice and unfortunately i think that means they proved me wrong twice <laughs> usually how it goes and unfortunately i did not make my picks ahead of time this week so i have to actually come up with it on the fly I am giving them I a am. kiss of death. <laughs> Salina? And I am picking Salina this week. Sorry, oh. Salina. <laughs> what you got there, Eric? <laughs> well, I was going to go with Salina until you said that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to go with the underdog on that one. I always love it when a number six can take out a number one in a, in a playoff game. Yeah. Always exciting. Mm -hmm. Very fun to watch. I, do however, you think it'll happen. No, I'm going with Watterson. I'm apologizing <laughs> for the taco comment. <laughs> I'm a Browns fan, so I always root for the underdog. <laughs> ah, I was wondering what the connection was. There you go. <laughs> and then next week, we'll be previewing all the state championship games. So that means we'll be getting the winner of that first game against this next game, which is Toledo Central Catholic. 
undefeated at 14-0, the preseason favorite in this division, up against Chardon, who is only the seventh seed in their region, currently 11-3. Toledo Central Catholic has 24% more computer points. Both the other computers like Toledo Central Catholic, one by two touchdowns, one by one touchdown. Uh, no common opponents for us to look at again. That tends to happen this time of year. Toledo Central Catholic's toughest opponents, however, have been from Michigan. The games they've played in Ohio have not been the toughest competition. That's with the possible exception of a 41 to 26 win over eight and four defiance this year. Chardon is a little interesting. They had a 14 to 10 loss to Bishop Watterson in week five. So they seem like they're about on the same level as one of the teams from our other semifinal game. But I don't care. I'm taking the big school. I'm taking Toledo Central Cap. I've been watching them all year long. Everyone said they're the best to start the season, and I've seen no proof that they weren't. I mean, I'm already on record as calling them a state championship team at the beginning of the podcast. So I've got to, I've got to back that statement up. I think they're going to keep going. I, I would have to go with Toledo. I watched some of the highlights on the news, and it's just they're a juggernaut. I don't think there's – I don't know. It would be very tough for somebody to come in and beat them. They're going to have a very bad week if they get beat. Fair enough. That sends us on to Division 5, but before we do, Rebecca, no one <laughs> sent us a Team of the Week jingle. No one. <laughs> Maybe we should offer a reward. <laughs> if you send us a Team of the Week jingle, that'll buy you a beer at Bud's. Ooh. Ooh. I would buy one for each person in the singing group, actually. There you go. <laughs> Unless it's like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or something. That might be a little... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they could get Within reason. <laughs> That'll buy you all a beer. <laughs> the good news is if they come to Bud's, I hear there is now Cincy Light cans in the store, in is the restaurant. So why not? <laughs> the fun part is it, it, it benefits the University of Cincinnati NIL fund. And the even better news is the Xavier grads or the Xavier fans who own Bud's didn't know that when they ordered the beer. That was the better news. So. <laughs> oh, it's from Rheingeist. Okay. Yeah, it's a Rheingeist beer. So. All right, it's probably good. I was just yeah. thinking, um, I associate that with Natty Light, and Natty Light is not a good beer. No. Well, I, we know coming up, coming up through the college days, innocent, naive me who doesn't enjoy beer thought Natty was short for Cincinnati, but it is not. <laughs> no, no. <jerk> of water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you're not wrong. It's actually one of the beers I can most easily drink. <laughs> that and water, yeah. same thing. <laughs> a little bit of hot, little hoppier on one side, and that's it. <laughs> now, despite not having a jingle, we still have a team of the week, though, Rebecca. And this week, I am awarding it to the Marion local Flyers, not because they had. Uh, an incredibly interesting game as they won 48 to nothing over undefeated Ansonia. Although it was only seven to nothing at half, but somehow before the third quarter was over, there was a running clock already. So I, someone woke the flyers up at halftime, I believe. <laughs> they still do have a running clock in playoff games. Oh yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> now with the win, that was Marion locals 46 consecutive win in a row. And more significantly, it was the 100th playoff win in school history. That gives them now a total record of 112 in the playoffs. That 89% winning percentage, which is just it's, it's sad for the rest of us. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Holy cow. <sighs> so this will be Marion Local's 21st appearance in a state semifinal game, more than any other Ohio school. Um, for context, this might be important information. How long have the Ohio high school state uh, like playoffs been occurring? They started, if I recall correctly, in 1972. Okay. In those days, there were three divisions, and they took one team from each region. So only 12 teams in the whole state went into the playoffs at first. Oh, boy. Marion Local first reached the playoffs in 1983, and then I don't think they went back until Coach Goodwin arrived in 
late nineties. I think he said it's been twenty five years. So, <laughs> so that's all occurred just in that amount of time here recently. About the last twenty five years is most. So of that. basically, twenty ish appearances in the last twenty five years. Yep. In the state semifinal, not in the playoffs. Right. The right. Semifinal. Yes, they won sixteen of those twenty semifinal games. By the way, to get to the state final sixteen times. Oh my so. gosh! Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the context for the earlier statements. <laughs> but uh, I thought one hundred playoff wins might make you team of the week worthy, don't you think? Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We're moving on to Division Five now. We'll start up in Henry County, up in Eric's area. The top seed, number one, undefeated Liberty Center, facing the top seed from Region 20 down in the southwest of the state, 13-1 Valley View. Liberty Center has 6% more computer points. No common opponents between these teams. Valley View doesn't move up north to play that often. Liberty Center doesn't go that far south to play very often. Both the computers like Liberty Center by 19 and 17 points. They say if you can beat Coldwater, you can beat anybody, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just about. Doing a little research here. Liberty Center has not given up more than 14 points in any game all year. Looking at Valley View, their only loss was to 11-3 Waynesville. And then they got their revenge and beat Waynesville 42 to 24 last week. So I look at these teams, Valley View, there's one of your teams that off and on have been in the playoffs all the time. They're another historically strong team, but there's no way I'm picking against Liberty Center in this game. I I like (laughs) Liberty Center a lot. (laughs) You sure do. How about you two? Yeah, mark me down for Liberty Center. I've got to make it up to our listeners who are. Upset I picked cold water. <laughs> I I have to go with Liberty Center also. They uh yeah, they just impress. They're playing as a team. Watching big number seventy-five with his interception return for a touchdown against Coldwater last week was quite impressive. He is a good kid too. He went to St. John's where our girls went. <laughs> he is a good kid. And he got a lot bigger than when he was there. <laughs> he is huge. <laughs> They may have a weight program at Liberty Center. You're- yeah. He, well, he grew about uh, another two foot, too. He is a big boy. That would do it. Yeah. <laughs> he is a big boy. <laughs> yeah. So they, they just, all them kids are just kind of impressed. You know, the, the crew's triplets, and they just, they're playing really well as a team. They really are. I watched that Coldwater game. Coldwater took the first drive, threw the ball, went right down the field, scored a touchdown. I thought, you know. I know Liberty Center's tough on the line, but here's another team. Coldwater's going to just go over top, and that was the last time they scored. That was (laughs) Liberty Center adjusted. (laughs) And that is that seven points, they were the only team that ever got a lead on Liberty Center all year. Oh, okay. That's the first. That said that in the paper. I read that. I was like, they were the only team that's ever been ahead of, of Liberty Center after the first period. So, so Rebecca's pick was looking good for a little bit there. Huh? Just for just a little bit. Yeah. Second half is a different story. <laughs> yeah. It looked to me like the quarterback for Coldwater did not exactly have a lot of time to throw many passes in the second half. He was running for his life. So. No. Trenton and Landon were in his face a lot. <laughs> they said oh, they, yeah. they, they said those two spent more time in the backfield than the running backs did. <laughs> <laughs> so if Liberty Center can get another win this week, they will face the winner of our next game, which features undefeated 14-0 Perry, who is top in their region, up against a team that <laughs> seems to make it to the Final Four quite often, the four seed in their region, Canal Winchester Harvest Prep, who is 12-1. They used to go by World Harvest Prep. I believe the harvest is... Meant to be people, not grains, by the way. <laughs> hmm. Okay. That's normally not what it is in our area. So. No. Uh, let's see. Perry has 17% more computer points. No common opponents here. 
Fantastic 50 likes Perry by 10 points, but Cal Preps only likes them by four. Thinks it's going to be a much closer game. I'm impressed with Perry because I looked their closest game this year was a 24 to six win over Kirtland. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) They also had a, a 16 point win 36 to 20 over 10 and two Geneva. I'm not as familiar with Geneva, but anyone that can beat Kirtland by three touchdowns has impressed me. Harvest Prep, their loss was 36-18 to a 9-1 team from Greenwood, Indiana, Center Grove High School. They are Division I-sized, and they play mostly teams from other states, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Illinois, stuff like that. So it's not it's not a team that just hangs around and plays their neighbors in Indiana. They get out and travel. And huh. they play a lot of Division One, Division Two schools. And they beat Harvest Prep, but only beat them 36 to 18. So that's not a bad loss for Harvest Prep. Hmm. That said, I take the team that beat Kirtland. I've got Perry. Yeah, put me down for Perry, too. Although I do have fun facts about World Harvest College Prep. Oh, we need to hear it. Apparently it was founded in, I clicked away, 86, 86, and the founder is still the president of this school, which has also got a president, which is interesting. But he's a televangelist, and he decided to found a school, Rod Parsley. I'm, I'm going to go with Perry also. I just don't think it, yeah. all right all the we got to start disagreeing pretty soon here got a lot of respect for kirkland well you got a lot you're down to the nitty-gritty it's 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 gonna be really impressive to take out some of these number ones (laughs) yep and and i found sometimes the state semifinals are not the best games there's big differences between regions some regions Mm -hmm. are a lot heavily more heavily stacked than others and when the champion of each region comes out, there can be a big difference. Yeah. And speaking of that, I do not believe that applies to our next state semifinal <laughs> in Division Six. We have two 12 and two teams, the top seed in Region 22, Columbus Grove, against the number two seed in Region 24, Versailles. Mm, oh, boy. Columbus Grove has 1% more computer points, so <laughs> they're about they're basically tied. Yeah. Uh, no common opponents here. Fantastic 50, as I like to say, loves it some Mac, favors Versailles by 15 points. Oh, gosh. Cal Preps likes Versailles by 11 points. That's a bigger gap than I was anticipating. I, I would agree with that. Columbus Grove, their two losses were to 8-4 and four Pandora Gilboa. And a 12 and 2 Patrick Henry. They also had two single touchdown wins over 12 and 2 Bluffton, week 12 and last week, or week 10 of the regular season, and again last week. Versailles has some quality losses themselves. They lost to 14 and 0 Marion Local and a 12 and 2 Coldwater. They had a big week one win by a score of 26 to nothing over still alive 12 and 2 Salina in division 3. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <huh. laughs> well, I, if I remember right, we both did a good job and picked Columbus Grove last week, Rebecca. Yeah. We also picked Versailles last week, but then everybody picked Versailles last week, so that wasn't <laughs> yeah. exactly a big thing. I'm sticking with the Mac in this one. I'm taking Versailles, although I'm, I'm still upset that I can't get fried rolls at the sweet shop there anymore. <laughs> Negative half a point for no fried ne- rolls. I know. I, that really bothers me <laughs> quite a bit. I'm told you can at sometimes if you know when the secret hours are, but I don't know when they are, so I never get any fried rolls, and I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm going to go with your computer points and with my heart and with the toilet paper that's probably still in their downtown and pick Columbus Grove. That's who I'm that going with. That means Eric is the tiebreaker. I'm going to go with Columbus Grove. I I do have a sinking feeling that it's going to be the Mac and I'm going to lose this one, but I also, I really don't know. I want it officially on the record. I think it's 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> 
But that's where they all are, Rebecca. Just in, <laughs> that, in theory, the yes. But in actuality, no. There are definitely clear divisions <laughs> no, for a lot are. of these games. There are. There are. No. I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Columbus Grove. I yep. just... Well, that's the way we want it come this time of year. We don't want a 35-point favor. We want a, <laughs> we want a coin flip game here, right? Yeah. Speaking Slow of which, by bit the way. To take a peek at the 35-point favorite game. Yeah, they're, they're there, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the winner of that Columbus Grover sales game gets to face the winner of the other matchup here, which has both the top seeds in their regions. 13 and 1 Kirtland up against 14 and 0 Sugar Creek Garraway High School. Garraway has 8% more computer points. Once again, no common opponents here. The Fantastic 50 likes Kirtland by 3 points, but the Calpreps computer likes Garraway by 1 point. I love it when the computers fight. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in a Marion local-ish stat here, Kirtland is 11-0 all-time in state semifinal games. They have never lost a state semifinal. All 11 times advanced to the state finals. Garraway has never lost a state semifinal game either because they have never played in one before. <laughs> so we have a little institutional experience advantage here going to Kirtland. Maybe not so much among the players themselves, but... Let's see. What else do we have here? Kirtland's lone loss was to, we mentioned earlier, D5 state semifinalist Perry, 24-6 back in week three. Kirtland only played two teams all year with less than five wins. So they've they've had, maybe they didn't play a state champion every week, but they weren't playing the 0-10s and taking the 50-point wins. <laughs> Garraway, I would say, has been... No one's no one's unchallenged, but they've been fairly unchallenged all year. No competition that I found to be really outstanding from a historical standpoint, at least. Their closest game was a 14-0 win in week nine against seven and five Sandy Valley, a division five school. So a little bit of the ultra known in Kirtland and the unknown in Garraway, at least for those of us way over on this end of the state. Rebecca, tell them who I'm picking. You're picking Kirtland, and so am I. They're an honorary MAC team. We've all faced them in this area. We faced them in the finals quite a few times, and they always put up a really good game. I love Tiger Laverde. Any coach named Tiger, I'm I'm all in. (laughs) Also Tiger Laverde. (laughs) Fun fact, though. Fun fact about Garraway. It's a consolidated school district serving, like, five smaller towns, and the name is a portmanteau of the townships that they serve, which is just so good. So it sure uh, it serves a uh, Sugar Township, so that's the G A R in Sugar. Auburn, they pulled an A, and Wayne, which is the way. It's so good. Nice. <laughs> Boy, that feels kind. That feels kind of like schools over on our end of the state, doesn't it? <laughs> a little consolidation of many local little towns. Hmm. Yeah. I should rethink my pick. No, nope, I got Kirtland. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We've got we got a lot of history to go against there if we have to pick against Kirtland. I'm I'm picking Kirkland too. Sorry. I'm, I just don't see Kirtland losing <laughs> at all. <laughs> We've seen them lose a couple times, but normally to Mac teams. <laughs> normally, yes. Once to Minster, once or twice to Marion Local, and once or twice to Coldwater. I forget the exact totals there. Yeah, and, and giving them credit, they have also beat up quite a bit of Mac teams on their own time as well. So yes, that's a, yes, I think their record's <laughs> about fifty-fifty. So <laughs> they're up there. And before we hit Division Seven, it's time for our scores of the week, Rebecca. Scores of the week. Okay. Just two, and we're going with teams we cover again this week. I'm hoping for a little help here on this first one. Patrick Henry beat Macomb last week. 40 to 39. Oh, wow. Okay. Now in this one, I know Patrick Henry led 18 to 13 at the half. So a lot of this scoring came in the second half. And then I know McComb scored early after half to go up 20 to 18. But I have not found an article anywhere on this game so I can find out what happened the rest of the half. But here's what I do know. Patrick Henry was ahead 40 to 33. 
McComb scored a touchdown with around a minute or so to go to make it 40-39. And then somehow before the extra point, they had 20 yards and penalties that pushed the ball back and made it a 40-yard extra point attempt, which fell short. Now, I would love to know what they did to get 20 yards of penalties before the extra point. If this was just like an excessive celebration thing, someone punched a guy or something. My wife walked off of the paper. But what I was reading was after the play was a personal foul. Okay. And that moved the extra point back. And then a false start on the first attempt that made it. And then it got moved back. And he missed. Oh no! You're saying they made the he made the 35 yard extra point, but it was a false start on all on the offense. According to the paper, yeah. According to the paper, that's how it ended in a 40 40 to 39. Was a personal foul. Yeah, that absolutely painful. painful. Yep. However, a personal foul penalty was called on the Panthers after the score, and then a false start was called on the first PAT attempt. And it moved uh, him back to the for the forty yard attempt. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess I'm somewhat impressed, although I don't know what their option was. They had enough faith in the kicker to try a forty yard extra point though yet. So I know. he just Had, did a thirty five. But I'm thinking, do you go for a two point conversion from the twenty three yard line? Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you had some. He had to have faith in that kicker. Just didn't have enough leg, I guess. And that somewhat leads us into our other score of the week. We're going to do some kicker mentioning in this next one. (laughs) Okay. And that was Salina's 37-25 to upset of Hamilton-Baden. Baden had survived another WBL team, Wapakoneta, the week before. This week, Salina was up 21-12 to at the half. The only stop of the half was Salina intercepted a pass to end one Baden drive. Every other drive of the half ended in a touchdown. Salina kicker Zach Grieber, or Graber, probably Graber, hit a 25-yard field goal, and then Baden got two touchdowns to go up 25-24 to in the fourth quarter. Baden, by the way, missed one extra point kick and missed two two-point tries trying to make up for missing the extra point kick. Oh, boy. Salina then turned back to their kicker. He hit a 42-yard field goal to give them the lead and a 46-yard field goal to extend the lead to four to five <laughs> points. With three minutes left, Baden took the ball, started driving right down the field, looked like they were going to put in the winning score. Salina's Braylon Gabes intercepted a ball and returned at 82 yards for, an inter- for the game-ending score to seal the game. Baden actually outgained Salina by about 60 yards in the game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I just read a feature in today's Salina Daily Standard on the kicker, by the way. Went out for the team for the first time this year. Salina had a policy that you are not allowed to be in two sports in the same season. Just changed it this year to allow soccer players to be kickers on the football team. Mm. <laughs> this kid signed up. This That'll kid signed it. up for it. And he's putting kickoffs into the end zone and making 42 and 46 yard field goals to get Salina to the state semifinal game. So, in high if that was the goal of the change, <laughs> that was a good rule change. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's a little ridiculous. Kid said something about doing two and a half hour soccer practices and then going to work on his kicking for a half an hour to an hour afterwards after soccer practice was over. So, he's, he's got put a the lot time of endurance. In. Yeah. Yes, he does. That's a strong leg right there. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Division 7. We'll start with that Marion Local Patrick Henry game. Marion Local's 14-0, of course. Patrick Henry 12-2. Facing that schedule we mentioned from the beginning of the season, from before the beginning in our preview, how they are the smallest team in their conference and therefore play bigger teams pretty much all season long. Makes the playoffs seem simple when you only have to play other Division Seven teams for a change. Marion Local has 30% more computer points and no common opponent again. The computers are nuts for Marion Local. The Fantastic 50 likes Marion Local by 32 points. Cal Preps likes Marion Local by 30, both of which numbers basically shock me. I, I don't see that as being 
any way, shape, or form, no matter what I think of Marion Wilkes. Yeah, I, I just can't see Patrick Henry losing to a running clock against anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> With that said, yeah, I, though, I don't. I still don't think Patrick <laughs> Henry's going to win the game. I've got Marion Local in this. Yeah, go for it, Rebecca. A, that's a hard. I would say it was a hard pick, but it's not. It's it's got to go Marion Local, but it's hard to knock down Patrick Henry and barely consider them, but. I, I don't see it this time. If I was a betting man, and if this podcast shows you nothing else, it's that I'm a smart man for not having any betting apps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd take Patrick Henry in the points. Oh, absolutely. I was going to say, if we're, if, we're, if we're calling points here, I'm taking Patrick Henry because I do not see them losing by 30 points. But I think they're going to beat the spread. Him. I don't see them winning against Marion Local. <laughs> Fun fact is, is that Teresa, my wife's mother, eats lunch with uh, Bill Enselman, the coach for Patrick Henry, eats lunch with him quite often. And every win, every week that he wins, she, she makes pies and cookies for the players. Ooh. And every week <laughs> for the last three weeks, she thought she was going to be done making pie. <laughs> Not quite yet. Not quite and in church yet. on Sunday, she told Teresa, I don't think I'll be making a pie after this week. <laughs> she said, it's going to be very hard. <laughs> Loves her son. Just got to look at the facts. They're, they're uh, a juggernaut. <laughs> man, I got to root for it now. Just keep that lady making pies. I'll tell you. I, got <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm rooting for them. I'm definitely rooting for them. I, am. I, just, I can't. If, if we, I just can't tough. pick them. I I know. I wanted to. I really want to pick Patrick Henry, but I just... If we were doing points, yeah, I'd take we Patrick Henry in the points. points. No question. But if we're going win-loss, yeah, that's going to be very rough. <laughs> That'd be almost too rough. I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, in our other Division Seven semifinal, it could get even rougher here. Oh, boy. We have... We have 12-1 and Dalton, the top seed in their region, up against the third seed from Region 27, I believe, 10-3 and Caldwell. I don't know if you remember, Rebecca, somewhere late My before the playoffs started. very bad. We mentioned, we mentioned that Fort Recovery, who was had one win, something like that, was considered to be one of, would have been considered to be tougher than like every team in Region 27. Something like that. <laughs> I know St. Henry was, was rated higher by the Fantastic 50 computer than every team in Region 27, and they were 3-7 <laughs> and seven in the regular season. So it may come as no surprise to you to hear that Dalton is favored by 37 points by the Fantastic 50 computer and 34 points by the CalPreps computer. My Harbin computer points also has Dalton with 45% more. We have one common opponent, which tells us absolutely nothing here. Dalton beat Connaughton Valley 54-12 to in Week 11. Caldwell beat Connaughton Valley 51-8 to in Week 6. So all that tells us is it was a long year for Connaughton Valley, I think. Yeah, I was going to say Connaughton Valley. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and in a team that keeps popping up everywhere, Dalton's only loss was 14-7 to to Kirtland. Back in week one. Yep. Caldwell, and it's something that should be familiar to Minster fans here, lost three in a row in the middle of the season to teams with a combined 31-6 and six record. That's about what Minster did in their 2017 state championship year and their 2016 state runner-up year. Lost those three, four games in a row in the middle of the season to the heart of the conference schedule, then came out winning come playoff time. So my heart is with Caldwell. My money, so to speak, is with Dalton. <laughs> I believe I'm also going to lean on the computers and pick Dalton, but I do have fun facts for both schools. Caldwell yes. has very little on their Wikipedia page, but they do have a fun string of uh, boys cross-country state championships between 1972 and 1992. They got nine of oh. them. Oh, yes. They were a running powerhouse of Caldwell boys back in the day. So good school of runners. And Dalton's fun fact is that they um, have a, one notable alumni listed on their Wikipedia page, and that is Chris Kirkpatrick, who is um, 
a founding member of InSync, the pop group. Okay, okay I'm gonna say, the who boy the heck band. is Chris Kirkpatrick? <laughs> is that the boy one band. with the Lachey guy in it? No, that was the, that was ninety something mm-hmm. degrees, right? Yeah, I <laughs> could not tell you. Ninety something. I forget how many. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to ask a child. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name? Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. Yeah. I'm getting distracted from the main point, but this is important. I just know him because he keeps showing up at UC games, even though he went to school, college in Kentucky, if I remember right. Ninety-eight degrees. Ninety-eight degrees. Okay. Yep. So they're almost normal, just point six below. Huh? Yeah. Right. They're off by point six. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rebecca. Who did you pick? You're picking Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. I'm going to go against you. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Caldwell. I don't know why. I don't know why it'll look bad. I'll be, you know, I'll be in the negative numbers, but we're not backing. We're not picking points. So I'm good. (laughs) I won't bet and lose any money. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that'll be, we'll have to have a, we'll have a second podcast in future years. We'll have the gamblers podcast that comes on after you You want to bet against the spread. Can you bet on high school football? I sure sure someone does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm picturing there's a guy on the streets in Youngstown. That'll take your bet somewhere. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. There's a bookie somewhere, but I didn't know if it was legal in FanDuel and all those other ones. (laughs) I sure hope not. (laughs) Although there was a, they did bring up before the uh, Ohio High School Athletic Association, they had a bet on whether to make NIL legal or illegal in high school this year. And that's one third of the schools voted in favor. So Really? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <clears throat> oh, I guess I should move on. I was waiting to see if Rebecca <laughs> had more fun to. stuff here coming. No, that's about it. I was reading to Chris Kirkpatrick. Apparently he voiced... <laughs> um, Chip Skylark on uh, Fairly Odd Parents, which is only relevant Ooh. to uh, my generation. No, I know that. No, okay, no, no, good. I, seen... I know that one. <laughs> I know that he's one, the too. Source of the song, he's the source of the song My Shiny Teeth and Me, which is honestly a bop. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not familiar with that pop classic, My Shiny Teeth and Me. So. <laughs> it's a song about toothbrushing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a toothbrushing song from Sesame Street, I think. Yeah, but it was nobody probably got a written credit on that one. <laughs> not like yeah, they probably knew not. Probably no one wanted one on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You never know. Sesame Street's yeah, pretty big. See if it was in Phineas and Ferb, then we'd all know it. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's mostly uh Dan Povenmeyer and Jeff Marsh. Yes, it are. And yes. I wrote a lot of those. And bowling and for occasionally, soup. And occasionally bowling, occasionally bowling for soup, yes. <laughs> love handle. Oh, yes. Love handle. <sighs> anyway. And now that we... we've gotten down to bowling for soup and love handle, that is our preview of the state semifinal round of the playoffs. <laughs> this is what happens when we put our friends on. Believe it, yeah, believe it or not, we will be back next week to preview the seven state championship games. And if all goes well, we will have a state championship coach to help us do this and maybe add a little professionalism to these proceedings. Oh, yeah. You, you're going to need that. <laughs> be easy for him to follow me. <laughs> Get us back on the rails a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Joel and I have a have a tendency to get you all derailed. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy it. So, Rebecca, if people are interested in telling us they prefer it this way and to leave off all the coaches and reporters, <laughs> how should they contact us to tell us? Or perhaps if you think a 50-50 or 25-75 mix is good, you can let us know with your comments and or your questions by sending them to us at bdmonin at nktelco.net as an email, or you can submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. It's a pretty uh, unique name. There's probably not any others to compete with. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> you never know. Those Rushi Monins might decide to make Bruce popular again. <laughs> anyway, I could continue popular, on with the next bit. Popular again. Okay. I <laughs> imagine it we had to have been time. at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
know. Or it was a one off. Lenny Bruce. <laughs> there are Bruce that's in there. Anyway, uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more for us, or if you want to keep up with the high school football in West Central Ohio without actually watching the games or learning how most of them turned out, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast Store or on Amazon Music or iHeartRadio. Not Spotify yet. Still working on that. Uh, you just search for Bruce Modern's Computer Points. It'll pop right up. No, I spent like half an hour today. Apparently, my email address is already in their system, but I can't think of the what the password is to get in. And I hit the button <laughs> where they send you the email to change the password, and it didn't come to my email address. So I don't know what's up with Spotify. <laughs> but we're working on it. Our cracks team is working on it. <laughs> Once we learn how to do technology, <laughs> nothing can stop us. <laughs> I remember your dad and I came from an era where there weren't computers. Yeah, but he's been clicking the forgot password button for decades now. <laughs> yes, if there's anything I'm an expert at, it's clicking the forgot password button. Forgot for sure. password. <laughs> I mean, so have I. <sighs> All so, right, we as always, there. be sure to tune in again next week for who knows what. And send in, by the way, send in that Team of the Week song if you ever come up with one. Rebecca probably missed that. I actually put the lyrics on Twitter and Facebook and Getter and I don't know where else last week. And still nothing happened. So, And if the only thing holding you back is that the free beer is in Minster, you could probably convince me to buy you one, too, in Cincinnati. <laughs> maybe. 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 Yeah, she can always charge your dad later on. So I was gonna say having Venmo you the money. (laughs) Um well that Venmo's a little beyond me. PayPal (laughs) a check would work. Yeah, we'll we'll send her a check. That sounds he's got access to my bank account. He can just transfer it directly. (laughs) And on that note, we are out of here. So long everybody. Beautiful chaos over here.